This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by David Stratton, Vice President of Payer Strategy and Managed Care Operations at Northern Light Health, headquartered in Brewer, Maine, which has healthcare facilities spanning the state. David, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Laura. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening, especially as we begin 2023 here. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. I lead our uh, payer strategy and managed care operations at uh, Northern Light Health. Uh, joined Northern Light Health in February of 2020, just prior to the pandemic, uh, but have spent my career across the country working in a variety of roles in network development, network contracting, healthcare economics, uh, pricing, uh, on both the, the payer side as well as on, on the provider side. Oh, and I, I can imagine that experience on the payer side really helps inform you and in your conversations that you have now um, with Northern Light, just because I know that having that experience and knowing what the people on the other side of the table are thinking about and really are concerned with, I'm sure can be an advantage for you in some way. Well, I think it's an advantage in, in that uh, it, it helps to make the conversation uh, more productive. Um, if, if you've been on the payer side, and or if you've been on the provider side, when you're on the opposite side of the table, you really understand what what their needs um, and and what their wants are and, and negotiation. And that's that's critical to a successful negotiation that you can you can find the the balance between uh, what the the payer needs, what the provider needs, and uh, hopefully to come to a, an agreement that works for both parties. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And so, given your background and your current role, what issues are you spending most of your time on today? Oh, there's a lot that we're spending our time on. Certainly, trying to make uh, healthcare more uh, accessible for for patients. Uh, they're the reason we're all here. Uh, members from a payer perspective, uh, patients from a provider perspective. Um, so we always have to keep our our, our mind on why we're here and what we're attempting to achieve, which is uh, high quality, affordable health care. So when we negotiate contracts with payers, we're really trying to think about how to make the experience more streamlined, more effective. We obviously have a very complex healthcare system in the United States and much like uh, a lot that's going on in, in the industry and I think of Tesla and how they're trying to um, streamline and um, make uh, uh, more accessible um, electric vehicles. Um, in healthcare, we need to think about how to make healthcare more streamlined, more accessible, more cost-effective. And uh, so those are things that we're working on from a provider perspective. And our relationship with payers, how to, how to make that relationship more streamlined in terms of decomplicating how how to be paid for the services that we're providing to their members. So there's a lot in that and uh, happy to dig into that more as we progress in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's just so interesting to have that perspective in terms of what can we do to make things more streamlined and more effective. I know it's 
quite a process, both from the payer as well as the health system side, to really come together and understand all the different and unique factors that play into, you know, what each side needs. When you're thinking, you know, from the health system perspective, what do you anticipate in the coming year as being something that will be challenging for you as you're going into these conversations and negotiations, whether it's something that typically is or, you know, a brand new challenge or roadblock, um, just given the current circumstances? Well, I think one of the things that is high on our priority list is making care accessible for patients and people in the community, particularly primary care. And as you're aware, there's a, a real shortage of primary care providers both physicians, but advanced practice providers as well. And trying to make that experience, we have to think about all that PCPs have to go through, requirements for insurance verification and payment, but also quality reporting and uh, all of the regulatory work that um, is required just to get paid and to deliver high quality care. There's a lot on the shoulders of the primary care physician. We should be very uh, supportive in our uh, our efforts with PCPs and those PCP offices, making uh, the process more streamlined with electronic health records, uh, the advent of artificial intelligence, machine learning, natural language processing. These are all things that can support not only PCPs, but uh, specialists as well, frankly. And uh, so as, as we move into 2023, I think there'll be a lot more to try to streamline what providers have to do so that they can really focus their cognitive abilities on treating patients um, and alleviate them from a lot of the extra burden. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's really helpful to understand where a lot of that focus is as you're thinking about streamlining and making things easier and more accessible for patients. Now, Obviously, that doesn't happen overnight and takes a significant amount of resources and time and investment. So how are you thinking about those investments over the next two years or so, whether it's financial or or otherwise? Um, I know all resources are limited, especially on the financial side. So, you know, what is really um, catching your eye in terms of makes sense to be um, spending those resources on right now? Yeah, I think, again, complexity, Um, trying to reduce as much complexity as possible, trying to uh, focus on core capabilities. There are a lot of things that we do in healthcare that maybe we don't need to do. Maybe there are others that can specialize. Supply chain is an example. There are revenue cycle functions that may be uh, performed better by others. Uh, So there, there, there are ways that we can... Uh, decomplicate the the work that we do so that we can focus on the care that we're delivering. Um, But by simplifying processes, um, the first step, beginning automation, Um, you know, you don't want to automate complicated processes. So spending the time first to to, um, simplify and retain what's essential, but to eliminate that which is not essential. Yeah, that that really makes a lot of sense. And, you know, when you're doing an audit of all the different processes and, and trying to find areas that make sense for automation, areas that 
stone and still need, you know, heavy human involvement. How does that process go? What do you really do to dig into and self-evaluate um, from the health system perspective to make sure that you're doing the right things and focused in the right areas? Well, you know, I, I'll stay in my lane a little bit here with um, with contracting between payers and providers. And I, I think that as you look at contracting, you know, across a health system where you have uh, many hospitals in some cases, some some two, some ten, some fifty, um, is, is trying to create uh, consistent processes uh, for the evaluation and management uh, of, of your contracts, uh, developing a, a contract cycle, uh, contract management process that um, standardizes how you approach the contracts and your contract language and contract structures and evolving those structures. There are a lot of ways that you can simplify methodologies, make them more consistent across facilities so that um, that they look more alike than they look different. And, you know, it's surprising um, uh, how much work needs to be done in that area. And not you know, not alone. This has to be done in partnership with uh, with payers. And as we think about the next level of smart contracts, I, I mentioned AI, machine lear learning, natural language processing, smart contracts become a method to become more efficient as those contracts get um, through blockchain accepted by both payer and provider. They can vastly simplify the revenue cycle process. That was part of what I was referring to earlier is uh, developing those capabilities so that uh, a lot of the um, non-value added activities are, are eliminated, uh, allowing the organization to be able to focus on the more cognitive processes that humans really ought to be focused on. That makes a lot of sense. You know, and I, I can imagine there are other industries that already are proficient at using this type of interaction for their contracts and, and whatnot. Um, and it's really made a big difference. It has. And again, it makes it, when we think about, uh, I mentioned Tesla earlier, but if you think about Amazon uh, or a variety of other uh, organizations in, in industry, finance, business, Healthcare has yet a long ways to go to uh, to catch up with those industries, and and I think it's, that's uh, that's something that we should be investing in over the next uh, several years, and uh, I think will yield uh, a lot of fruit with those investments. Fantastic, and you know when you are looking to the future, what are things that you're most excited about right now? I know we've talked a lot about different changes that you're going to make and in spaces for growth, what really excites you? I think one of the things that I find most interesting and I think is uh, something I haven't mentioned yet um, and is, is really a priority for 2023 is, you know, the, the people side of the business, which is developing uh, your team, the employees that you work with and your colleagues and peers, mentoring, helping individuals new to the industry, prepare for, uh, and to become true professionals in the in the field is one of the things that's most exciting. That's I think one of the most important investments that we can make is in 
in the human asset, the intellectual capital um, that are going to lead us into the next decades. Got it. Yeah, I, I think that is just fascinating. And in thinking about that, those people who are really going to be driving growth and development and uh, um, leading the charge for what healthcare looks like over the next few years, um, you know, uh, do you have any thoughts or, or um, really, you know, spaces where they can really excel and succeed in, in what things will look like over the next few years as we make that transition? Well, you know, I, I think that the area that I've chose to work in over the last couple of decades um, in within the area of um, payer contracting, healthcare economics, network pricing, network development is really very much at the nexus of what's going on in healthcare and how payers and providers work together. And as we think about the continued development of value-based contracts and, and how we arrange for and deliver the right care at the right time at the right place, um, that we're delivering care more efficiently. You've got to have the right people that can help you make those decisions and use good data analytics to to help make good decisions. So um, investing in in an organization's human assets is, is, I think, critical. And for those of us that have been in the industry for some time, the sort of mantle of responsibility of, of helping the future generations to develop is, is um, you know, one of the callings that I think is most important. That makes a lot of sense. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really interesting discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much.